Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. That makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Uh, folks, as we said before, August is always a, a busy month for your pals over here at uh, Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. And we are all officially back-ish in the States. We're going to be back in Atlanta altogether pretty soon, but the show goes on. So we are returning to you with more strange news. And uh, Matt, Noel, I think you guys both had run-ins before with the experience I described in the, um, in the original strange news, which is it can be so devilishly difficult to find just one story sometimes. And we've got, we've got a backlog, right? Because we had some classic episodes last week mm. in place of strange news and listener mail segments, but uh, we're coming with some fire today. Well, yeah, y'all were super kind to, to, you know, put off one or more of these um, due to my absence. And I'm really happy to be back. A lot of these stories continue to be valid. There may even be updates from the first uh, hits that we had of them. And um, yeah, no, I'm really excited to, to dig in and, and see what everyone came up with. Well, 
Let's get started then. Mine is a little bit stale, if not hardened and uh, dehydrated, Ooh. much Trusted, like perhaps a <laughs> piece of feces. Give us the straight uh, fruit. Give us the straight <laughs> Yeah, fruit. I will. Um, Man, I was picturing more like a piece of shredded wheat that had fallen between the car seats, and then you went somewhere completely different with that. And I respect you for it, man. Please. <laughs> Sorry. Well, <laughs> thank you. Uh, we're jumping to some news from July 8th. 2022. This comes from AP News, written by Samantha Hendrickson. Title of the story is Feces Mailed to Ohio GOP Lawmakers. Post Office Investigates. Well, we've we've talked about things that have been sent through the mail before on this show. We've talked about uh, ye old Ted Kaczynski, uh, probably the most dangerous of the, the people and events that we've spoken about when it comes to what happens with our our mail and the heroic people that are out there right now uh, delivering it every day. Thank you to everybody out there listening that does that. Or is doing it now, right? Some of our folks mm-hmm. are on deliveries. That is correct. From Amazon to what? DHL? <laughs> to, UPS, to everybody. USPS, yep. <laughs> FedEx. Uh, Boom. You know, your neighborhood corner guy even might make a trip. Mm-hmm. Courier. That's right. Ca- ca- carrier That's right. pigeon. <laughs> Task rabbit. Yes. Uh, yeah. You're dealing with all kinds of strange substances that you are unaware of because they are packaged up all nice and neat. Unless, of course, they smell a little bit like poo-poo. Uh, even then, you might not be aware because it could just be contaminated with fecal matter and not, you know, smell like the full thing. In this story, it discusses how 25 individual state Republican senators in one week were sent uh, mail that was contaminated with feces or feces was specifically mailed within a letter, right? Within a, an Ooh. envelope. <laughs> Here's the deal too. It wasn't like it was some kind of manifesto that was written to each of these individual lawmakers. It was just, it was just poop. It wasn't as though there was some point to be made necessarily other than here, this is what I think you should get in the mail. Um, well, whatever happened to carrying your own poop to the doorstep of your enemy and, and, and setting it on fire manually? I mean, why do we have to involve these third parties in this? Uh, it just seems very inconsiderate. Innocents, you know, cowards, I say. Uh, if you, if <laughs> take, take, the, take the flaming poop uh, to your opponent. Uh, Also, Matt, before we go on, I just want to answer a question I'm sure a lot of our fellow listeners have, and it's it's a weird one because I I looked into this before we rolled, actually. I've been excited about this story. Uh, It is, in the United States, entirely legal and not against the law to mail poop unless you are specifically mailing it to harass people. Isn't that weird? Yeah, How do you get the motive? Remember, Matt, you did another story a while back that discussed the legality and the way it has to be marked if you're sending like medical specimens that could contain, you know, uh, agents, let's oh, just yes. say, or body yeah. parts. Does this follow? Right. But it also like, you know, pathogens and things like that. There has to be some labeling if you're doing, if you're going by the book. Yeah, it becomes dangerous. And, and I don't know the legality Ben, about it, but it becomes dangerous if it's unsecured specimen, right? If it's just, just loose. You poop. open the thing and there's poop. <laughs> yeah, it's not in a container. Surprise! <laughs> that's when it's bad. And that's that's how um, the state of Ohio 
characterize it, right? Because when you send mm-hmm. uh, an unsecured sample uh, in this way to the state house, everybody in that state house, or at least the mail receiving area of that state house, or if the mail actually gets to the office of one of the lawmakers, that's when it mm-hmm. becomes dangerous because anyone that opens it, they themselves could become contaminated, maybe even you know, depending on what it looks like, because we don't have a ton of information. They, they didn't take any pictures, at least that I've seen, uh, of what like was the shape how like? contaminated yeah, was this the person eating, was. This person <laughs> eating lots of fiber. What was the consistency? Was it ropey? Was it a ropey Was there, a, was there you know, oh. a water test? Was there a water test? Is it a floater? Is it a plunker? I mean, these are health <laughs> questions at some point. I'm just concerned for the for the, the health and well being of this. Yeah, I'm I'm titling I'm titling this part as loose poop. It's going to be the title. A loose poop. Yes. Sink <laughs> scoops. I don't know. Uh, skip, skip. Never mind. Move on. Moving on. All right. So so I'm going to give you a quote from this original article from John Fortney. Fortney. F O R T N E Y. I honestly don't know how to pronounce it, um, but he gave this quote. This type of biohazard attack doesn't just stop with the people it's directed towards. This is something that could potentially affect every single employee at the Ohio State House, regardless of their political affiliation. Um, that makes sense. And then moving away from that quote, I'm going to give you another quote from the article. It says, the U.S. Postal Service's law enforcement arm is investigating the matter as a federal crime. A federal crime. Most likely because it was aimed at lawmakers, right? Um, and, and they mm-hmm. also said in this article, they wouldn't comment when this happened on whether it was human or animal waste. That's what they said. Okay. Uh, so that's that was early July of this year. Then, you guys, almost exactly a month later, on August 8th, another story came out of the AP, again by Samantha Hendrickson. <laughs> and this title is, Ex-Ohio court mediator arrested, allegedly sent feces to GOP. So it took a month, but they tracked down the old culprit because, I mean, probably because they, he gave him a nice little DNA sample every time he committed a crime. <laughs> I'm assuming. This is a serial um, poop, poop mailer? Oh, I didn't catch that yeah, detail. It was what a, 20, yeah, that's how it happened. It's a slippery slope. Yes, at least depending 25 on your diet. Feces. You know? I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't not make <laughs> yeah. these guys uh, I'll just give you here. It was at least three dozen feces-filled letters that were sent okay. by this one person. And the person arrested, his name is Richard. I won't give you the full thing just for the sake of this episode. You can look it up if you want sure. to. He is a 77-year-old uh, man. From Mogador, M-O-G-A-D-O-R-E, Ohio. 77-year-old dude, angry, sending poop everywhere. Regular as hell, I would argue. I want to point out that a court mediator is an interesting position for someone to have as a background and make this decision because a court mediator is all about finding reasonable agreements between two opposing parties. So I think maybe our pal Richard has been uh, saving up some frustration for a while. This is not typical court mediator behavior, we should say. Yeah. He's got it in a bucket right next to the toilet. Don't they usually say too, like if a mediator is successful at doing their job, then neither parties are particularly happy. True. It's kind of a Solomon's, Uh, It's kind of a King Solomon argument at times, right? Like no one should walk Mm -hmm. away feeling like they've 100% knocked it out because then it's not a compromise or negotiation. But uh, this, so Matt, okay, we've established that this guy did it. 
like you said, it's a very important point. You well, leave he's DNA charged. when you mail poop, right? He's charged but not convicted. Correct. It's, it's not going to take a ton of forensic science to verify uh, <laughs> to to verify who's playing Santa with the caca here. Yeah, yeah. Because think about it. Even if it was maybe an animal that Richard owns, uh, it could they could trace that back to the animal, get a DNA sample, and then oh, there you go. Bob's your uncle. I don't know how it works. Uh, it was mm-hmm. it was the the right poop. So he's charged with sending, quote, injurious articles as non-mailable, violating Mm. a federal law that prohibits mailing certain things, including hazardous materials. Uh, And that's according to court records. The thing that he is charged with, this specific thing, is a misdemeanor, but it carries a maximum prison sentence of a year and a $100,000 fine. That is an expensive poop trip. That is egregious. Like, also, though... Is it because, and I I don't know this part, Matt, is it because they proved a malicious intent or is it simply because he was not adhering to the uh, procedures and the correct packaging precautions people have to take? That's a very interesting distinction because it sure feels like, you know, it it could be seen as as a threatening, you know, behavior. Yeah, but that's hard to prove, right? Like, it, it's all about intent there. So how do they ultimately get him, Matt? Uh, well, it could be presented that way. I will tell you how they ultimately got him, and this is an important note. The poop-filled letters never actually made it to the offices. Okay, so we, we were mm. theorizing, like, it would be dangerous, right? The, um, Fortney was talking about it would be dangerous if it showed up. But because the the United States Mail Service is so... It's crazy complicated, uh, and it's amazing the way the system functions. These letters were deemed to have stuff in them that shouldn't be mailed because there were false return addresses on the ah. on the actual envelopes. So yeah. the system caught it before it even sent anything out because if, if a return address is not correct, uh, it often will get placed into a specific uh, sorting, not a bin, but a sorting system. And then it would be returned or destroyed or just kept until a correct return address could be found. Because a, a phony or in, inaccurate return address would be a red flag. So, I mean, do do some of those maybe like go through higher scrutiny sorting or like inspection or, or is, is the like, you know, the typical procedure they just go back immediately? I don't know the ins and outs of it, of how it functions. There's a great video you can watch. There are several actually that shows part of the the system, but not all of it, because some of that stuff is pretty sensitive and, and you know, it would Ooh. be dangerous if everybody knew exactly how it functioned. But um, it's it's super cool and, and, and complicated is the best way to say it. I don't know. Ben, do you know more? I, yeah, a little bit. Uh, so what what you need to do, really, and this is not advice, but if you what you need to remember when you're mailing something is you don't have to put the full return address. In the U.S., you can often just put the zip code or used to be able to. And so the easiest way for someone to cross-check that is to say, hey, was this dropped in a box or sent through the post uh, in a place where that zip code is, right? Or was it really far away? Is somebody sending something from, say, Dallas, but they're purporting to send it from Portland? unnecessary tongue twister there. Uh, so what you want to do if you, <laughs> again, this is not advice, but what if, what you would want to do as an observation is if you were trying to send something from, 
90210 to take a famous zip code, then you would physically want to drop it in a box in 90210. And if you don't want to be, um, well, this goes into being surveilled, but uh, if you if you want to try to be clean, uh, let's so that legal doesn't get mad at us, Matt. No, let's say you're trying to surprise someone, and it's a nice thing. You're not sending them poop. You're sending them the uh, uh, happy birthday card or whatever. Uh, then what you would want to do is not go into the physical uh, post office. You would want to go to a letter drop, and then you would drop it there in the same zip code as the return address. So you're not faking the return address, really. It's it's not too much of a workaround, but it's the best way to do it. Hey, that, that would work out. Um, I want to get back to you, the question you asked, Noel. Uh, how do they catch him? So the U.S. Postal Inspection Service actually surveilled him. They watched him. And they watched him uh, in his home, which is kind of kind of creepy. Uh, <laughs> but it's what you do. They watched him attempt to mail a letter while wearing gloves, which, you know, is a little sus if you're going to do that. Maybe you're just trying to be tidy and, you know, safe or not contaminate your your uh, your envelope with feces because you just went to the bathroom. So you put on gloves just to be nice to the receiver. Uh, but in this case, they went and checked out the letter and it was determined to be contaminated with feces. And it was uh, addressed to Jim Jordan, Representative Jim Jordan, apparently. Uh, so this is, there's another similar case uh, from a few years ago, from 2015, I think, uh, but it wasn't politically motivated. There was this lady in Iowa who got charged for mailing cow feces, cow manure, to her neighbors because they didn't like how her dog was barking, her dog was behaving. And uh, she got charged with third degree harassment so i i'm not wow. sure what the uh like what the, the sentencing would be for that but with at the age of 77 you know we can make some assumptions that this guy is um he's putting his personal beliefs over the idea of personal safety right it doesn't sound like he was trying especially hard to remain anonymous it seems like he kind of was, but he, maybe he didn't care because he's 77 and he's like, eh, right. what am I going to get a year? <laughs> uh, right now he's out on bond. I think it's like $20,000 bond. Mm -hmm. And his next hearing is tomorrow as of the day that we record this, not when you're hearing it. So August 25th. But if they can't, if they can't prove he was doing it as harassment, right? If they can't prove the motive, then that might change the conversation. What if he is just, um, what, what if he's able to say, I'm just very proud of my poop and I want more people to appreciate it. I want to hear that argument. I want to be a juror if, if there if ever goes to trial. <laughs> Law and order, poop court. Can we just do a little, a little quick math here? How many uh, instances did you say it was? Like like three dozen, so... Uh, so 40, 36, 36. Yeah. And, and, and what was the, the potential fines to be levied as uh, a misdemeanor? I uh, see. Now, here's the thing. I don't know if each one would be a count. Right. So if each is each letter a count of this misdemeanor I or think it is. is it one collective thing? It would be it would be separate. Um, it, it would, it have would to be, be a separate uh, count for each well, then, instance. 
then that's 36 years. Uh, oh, God. $100,000 times 36. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> I don't, uh, I mean, but that's so the that's, maximum. They're not, they're probably not going to give them the maximum. No, for sure. But let's just, so that's. <laughs> Is, am I am I bad at math? It looks like uh, thirty six. No, three hundred and sixty million dollars. No, no, it's three point six million. Three point six. Thank you. Three point six million. I'm not yeah. doing the decimal right. That's that's expensive mm-hmm. uh, time on the throne. Uh, presumably, how would you go about this? But okay, we can, we don't have to go into the specifics. Would you squat yeah. and do it right over the? Okay. Anyway, Matt, this was illuminating. Um, It it obviously gave us a lot to, you know, to make jokes about, but it does, you know, it it does really show uh, an interesting view into the way the postal system works and the way these types of things are assessed. You know, obviously this is easy to kind of joke about because it wasn't like anthrax, you know, or like a dirty bomb or something. Well, it was definitely, (laughs) never mind. Uh, But it's, Uh it's an easy way to kind of carry on these kinds of investigations without having to get too heavy. Um, but man, yeah, a lot of effort. Went the into the this. method, mm-hmm. no, the method is it, it is a bucket next to the toilet and oh, one of those you really have, you have fancy metal. It's a really fancy metal letter opener. Mm-hmm. You've seen them like yeah. that. It looks like a little knife. You just make it's sure you got knife. that. And mm-hmm. exactly. You just kind of scoop a little out and then just give it a nice, I mean, you just gotta just give it a nice little slide across the interior. You guys are joking, but there are pe- there are things, legitimate medical uh, procedures where people have to send in a stool sample and you get like a little container and you have to put some of your feces in there and you can send it through the post. Uh, I, I agree, Matt, this is this is illuminating. This makes me think back to some of our fellow conspiracy realists who had written to me and said, why don't you guys do something like stuff the post office doesn't want you to know or stuff about shipping, uh, which I think is going to be worthwhile. Uh, also, I just found this because I was curious. I wanted to give us um, some clarity when we're ending here because I know a lot of us in the audience today have some questions now. It's a brave new world, right? If you can mail poop legally. Whether or not this guy gets prosecuted, depends on whether the recipients decide to press charges. Since mailing poop is legal, it's illegal if it's not packaged correctly, and it's illegal if, get this, the person who receives it takes offense. That's how. That's kind of how mm. the law is phrased. So if you get it and you're like, oh, great, more poop, and, you know, people's poop are like Pokemons to me, then it's not a crime. But if you get it and you're like, no, ah, no, but no, stop mailing poop, then it's a crime. It's harassment things to keep in mind from your friends at stuff they don't want you to know don't mail us poop don't do it please <laughs> i uh, my dog is speaking of uh, feces samples i've had to do that many a time with my dog and she is just really loving this ball right now okay hey we're gonna end this segment right here but we'll be right back with more strange news Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. 
Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we're back. Um, this is a story that, that we've all been aware of for, for a little while. Surprisingly, not getting as nearly as much press as, as I think any of us would have expected, but it is revolving around two very uh, important issues, I think, of, of, of the time we're living in. Um, the privacy of, of data and, and what can be done with your data when it is like, you know, um, being hosted by these large companies. And also, obviously, a, a huge one is, is the uh, tenuous nature of, of abortion law. Well, I mean, it's not really tenuous at all. It's it's technically the law of the land that it's illegal, but there are different, you know, circumstances that will allow for a, an abortion in some states. Basically, it's obviously being sent back to the states because of the overturning of the federal Roe versus Wade legislation uh, case. So it's it's something that is not going to just, you know, solidify overnight. But we are starting to see cases kind of trickle through um, showing some future very serious ramifications of, of this law. And I think, you know, Matt and Ben, we're all of the mind that this is something that will open the door to just folks 
in desperation doing unsafe things potentially, you know, if they're in need of yeah. an abortion and they can't, uh, they can't get one legally. This is what we know about times before abortion was right. legal federally. People were using all kinds of horrific improvised methods and, you know, going to underground clinics that were, you know, at the very least uh, sketchy and shady. Yeah. Roe versus Wade, again, to be clear, I said this in the past, it's not, uh, it's not an opinion, folks. It's a fact. Regardless of how you feel personally, Roe versus Wade being overturned does not illegalize abortion across the board. It effectively only illegalizes it for the poor. Uh, people who are privileged and well-to-do are going to still uh, be able to get that procedure. And there's, it's not going to change their lives in particular. This is to victimize the already disadvantaged. And, you know, I've seen it uh, phrased very similar to what you just said, Ben. It doesn't outlaw abortion. It just outlaws safe abortion. Um, so this, this case is, is a very kind of early example of two of those things kind of colliding the, the idea of, of, of data privacy and security, um, and, and the idea of being prosecuted, uh, now for, for seeking an abortion or for taking matters into your own hands. Um, and this case involves a young woman and her mother, uh, in Madison County, Nebraska, um, a 41 year old woman is now facing charges for helping her teenage daughter uh, illegally abort a pregnancy um, using, it would appear, uh, like a morning-after pill kind of situation. Uh, it, I haven't seen, I haven't read the full court documents, but based on what, what I'm seeing uh, in, the, in the reporting that's out there, it's, it's that. Um, and and the, the reason that we know what we know about this is because the Facebook messages between the mother uh, and 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 her daughter, um, Jessica Burgess, by the way, is the mother and the daughter is Celeste Burgess, are out there. And that's because Facebook or Meta's or whatever gave them over uh, to law enforcement who were pursuing, you know, prosecution of these two individuals. Um, and what we have is a chain of, of, of communications between them referring to, yeah, one pill stops the hormones and then you have to wait 24 hours to take the other one. That sounds like either uh, plan B, right? Is it, or are there other ones that you can take later? I, I thought there, got, there came a point where you, a pill would no longer do the trick. That sounds like a plan B situation, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not an expert. Um, and then the mother writes, remember we burn the evidence. Uh, I will finally be able to wear jeans. I think, I guess that's like, yeah, that's the daughter, excuse me, Celeste. So I guess she's referring to, Hey, hey get my life back. Um, there are some details in this story that are disturbing. They, they do, they did report it as a miscarriage and then the fetus was, they disposed of it themselves, the mother and, and daughter, and they, they, you know, basically got someone else to help them do it. And then I think when they realized that the uh, authorities were on to them, they like dug up the remains and, and tried to burn them or they were talking about doing that. I mean, there are some, some very, very disturbing details in here. But again, all of this comes from the fact that they couldn't just do it, you know, Properly, they couldn't just go to a clinic and do it. I don't think money is the issue here. This is literally like Nebraska has already been a state that, that for a long time has had very, um, very difficult, prohibitively difficult abortion laws. Um, and this just made it even worse. So I'm bearing the lead here again. The fact of the matter is, and the big part of the story is that Facebook gave over these direct messages, these private messages between these two users, you know, um, and they did it in response to a warrant 
Meta's did come out with a statement to Motherboard who did the initial reporting on this saying, nothing in the valid warrants we received from local law enforcement in early June prior to the Supreme Court decision mentioned abortion. Uh, the warrants concerned charges related to a criminal investigation and court documents indicate that police at the time were investigating the case of a stillborn baby who was burned and buried, not a decision to have an abortion. Both of these warrants were originally accompanied by non-disclosure orders, which prevented us from sharing any information about them. The orders have now been lifted. Um, another Meta spokesperson tweeted, uh, this is from the Motherboard article, an identical statement shortly before the company contacted Motherboard with this comment. Um, so I don't know. This is really messy on so many levels. I really want to hear you guys' thoughts because it does appear that the warrants were served before the Supreme Court decision was handed down, but that they handed over the messages after the timeline's a little, little tricky. Yeah. Honestly, Meta's position in this case is that they are legally required to comply with those sorts of warrants. And that part unfortunately is true. I agree with you that the timeline is messy and their their statement regarding this uh, has triggered this conversation about whether or not they knew they were talking, they were giving police uh, information about an alleged illegal uh, abortion. But still with that, you have to wonder did they get the warrant and then just say, okay, we're giving profile info, we're giving DM info, but we're not reading it ourselves? Like, what? what's the process there? Because the argument seems to say that they themselves did not connect the dots between condemning this person, right, and just complying with a warrant. And and again, you know, it's a, it's an interesting argument because as far as I can tell, they would be required, right, to comply with a warrant. You can't just say no. That, that was a question that I had. And, and Matt, uh, you know, I know you've brought stories to the table in the past or definitely been something that I, I know has been on your radar um, involving Apple and their end-to-end -end encryption um, when it comes to iMessage and, and, you know, like text messages between iPhone users. Um, and they have what's called end-to-end -end encryption. And there was that whole story uh, that I think you brought. I can't remember exactly, but I know something we've talked about where there was that shooter um, and the government was trying to petition Apple to, like, write, like, a back door uh, so they could get access to the, the guy's phone. Um, because like Apple even can't do it if they don't have the password and they were saying they wouldn't do it because it would like, it, it could potentially like, you know, be a, a, a vulnerability for like all of their users. So I think that one was specifically about getting into his phone. Um, but also like Facebook, I just found this page that says, it describes what is end to end encryption? How does it work? And Facebook on their own website describes it as. Uh, it adds extra security and protection to your messages and calls and uh, and calls in a conversation so that only you and whoever you're talking to can see it. And then it says, no one can read your messages or hear your calls except the people who have these special keys, because that's what the encryption key, not even Facebook. We couldn't even if we wanted to. Has something changed since this fact was written? I don't understand how they're able to say that they use end-to-end -end encryption in Messenger and then give over specific DMs like that when they say that they, they don't have the key? That's a good question, but unfortunately, I don't have the answer. 
I have watched some really helpful videos on how end-to-end encryption works, and it is fascinating. And theoretically, that is correct, what, what you just read, where it would be physically impossible for someone to read those secured messages unless they had the specific keys, right? Because you need two keys to, to send it and read it. To, you need two keys to read it on either end, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's really cool the way messages get sent. I think it's a lockbox example that you can find on YouTube right now where I think we mentioned this on the show before. You can watch it online. It's, it shows how if you put certain locks in a, like you've got three, three or four keys, I think, that actually are required to send a secure end-to-end message like that. I think it's a feature. I think it's sort of like, you know, having like private browsing in, in your Chrome, you know, tabs. I think you have to like specifically say, I don't think all Facebook messages are end-to-end encrypted because there's a section on this help center for messenger that says secret conversations. And then it goes into all this stuff. And I think it's like a, like a, like a, like a feature. God. Here's what I'll add. You should assume that anything you do on the internet will one day become public knowledge. There is no real secrecy that you can safely assume. Even, I, honestly, yes. If you look at the nuts and bolts, technically, of a lot of end-to-end encryption, um, I'm a big fan. As you guys know, I'm always trying to get us to move our group chat to things like Signal or Telegram uh, for sure. these reasons. But you cannot assume, you, ju- you simply cannot safely assume at this point that anything you do online is private, okay? To put, a, to put a fine point on it, conspiracy realist, all the stuff you don't want people to know you're clicking on at 3 a.m., someone knows, whether it's your ISP, whether it's uh, Five Eyes, whether it's your pal intern Steve, uh, as we're going to learn later this week, everybody's got one, uh, so... <laughs> I, I don't know. It's terrible, though, that this applies to people who are at some of the most vulnerable positions in their lives, you know, and and the problem with some of these statements is just like we were talking about with the reasoning about invading the Hague, we're seeing authorities, in this case, secular tech authorities, kind of picking the story that's convenient for them, you know, and it looks sus. I'm not saying they're lying. I'm just saying it well, feels very convenient. Guys, can you just answer me this? Why was there an investigation in the first place here? I haven't mm-hmm. found that. that. That's the it has to do with the the, the, the disposing of the remains. Um, but but I'm not in any of this reporting. And again, I haven't read the full document. Seen like why they were suspected in the first place to the point where they sought this warrant. Uh, and also, ultimately, the warrant allowed them to like get access to their phones and stuff too. So Nebraska has a, a like I said a very tight. Um, abortion law, like even before this this overturning of, of Roe v. Wade, uh, it's twenty weeks, I believe. That's what it's been. Um, so yes. they were already, you know, with they were already in, in breach of that law, despite what happened with the Supreme Court. But and um, but it was reported m- as a miscarriage, right? They yes. reported it that way. That's right. Yeah. But then there was something that didn't look right in the investigation. Perhaps did you catch any of this? I just thing? don't understand it. I don't I just don't understand how that in it, that it was a miscarriage, which is a terrible, horrific thing that happens all the time uh, mm-hmm. to to families, couples, individuals. And 
somehow someone decided it was time to investigate this miscarriage. I just like that blows my mind. The line in the NPR piece says police in Norfolk, Nebraska had been investigating the woman, Jessica Burgess and her daughter, Celeste Burgess for allegedly mishandling the fetal remains of what they'd told police was Celeste's stillbirth. So maybe like they buried it in the first place and they weren't supposed to do that. And then they like told yeah, on themselves. Illegal burning and burial. Illegal burning and burial is what the that's uh, what it was was regarding. Yeah. So, so they kind of told like on themselves. And then, the, and then, yeah. If you are uh, complying with that warrant and you're meta, uh, the thing here is that it, I did. You can find the requests online. You can find the Madison County, Nebraska stuff. It's linked out. And reading over it, this the accounts of this warrant, you would almost have to be willfully ignoring the crux of the investigation. They never use the A word. They never say abortion in these docs, but they do talk about, uh, like they heavily imply it is a fetus. Um, you know, without speaking to someone directly at Meta, and we, we probably won't hear from them outside of the public statements they've made, but without speaking to them, it's it's kind of hard to guess how their internal logic was working here. But uh, one other reason I'm really glad we're talking about this story is we do live in a surveillance state. And stuff like this, when it happens, this is not going to be the last. Sadly, it's heartbreaking and it's frightening. It should frighten everybody. It has bigger ramifications, too, beyond just what we're talking about here. Like, again, this is a complicated one because it involves two massive zeitgeisty topics in terms of like the abortion laws, availability, the safety and all of that and the privacy stuff. But I found this really great write up on um, a reporter's committee uh, for a free press, I think is what it's called. Um, reporter's committee for freedom of the press. Uh, and they identify two massive wrinkles that this creates in the uh, ability of the press to, you know, report on stuff like this. Uh, and they, this is what they say. I'm just going to read it because I think it does such a good job. Uh, one, the availability of medication abortions creates a new wrinkle in how the law treats the procedure. Historically, it was exceedingly rare for abortion patients versus providers to be targeted by law enforcement. Rather, providers would be identified through decoys and informants, and abortions were often identified after complications prompted a trip to the emergency room. Today, however, medication abortions are quite safe, and the pills can be obtained online. As a consequence, investigators have an incentive to both target the suspected patient with investigative tools and to use highly invasive means to do so as they did here. And one of those would be going after like specifically going after whistleblowers or, or anonymous sources. Um, and, and that is going to create almost like a witch hunty kind of atmosphere here that I think has really scary long term ramifications. So I didn't really think about that aspect of it, but it could potentially create that. I don't know. Some scary mm-hmm. stuff here. Much more to unpack than we can in this uh, this strange news section. So let's take a break and digest some of the stuff and then come back with one more piece of strange news. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. 
$25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we have returned fellow conspiracy realists. It feels so good to be back. Uh, what do we miss? Well, uh, Donald Trump's in the news. Elon Musk and a Twitter uh, whistleblower are in the news. Cambodia is getting some of its history back. Check out our episode on museums and the provenance of the things they take. Uh, Steven Seagal going hard on the paint for Russia in a move that will surprise nobody. And I've got to get back on Daily Zeitgeist at some point just to talk trash about Steven Seagal. Uh, but you'll see, you'll see some of our Zeitgeist uh, guys coming to hang out with us, maybe. No spoilers. The last big story we have, <sighs> Roombas. Anybody got a Roomba? Yeah, play along at home. I hope your Roomba is I growing have, now. <laughs> I have a uh, like an off-brand Roomba-esque thing. And we put big giant Google eyes on it. No, nah, it's not even a shark. It's like it's a it's, it's one I can't even I can't even pronounce its name. It's it's real dumb, guys. It, it is banging into walls, getting stuck Ooh. on stuff. 
Uh, and adding the big dumb googly eyes just made it even more delightful. But yeah, uh, I don't know if Roomba is much smarter, um, but this is about as dumb of a smart vacuum as you could possibly get. And Matt, I know uh, you and I are very much of the same mind on a lot of things. So I'm going to take a wild guess and say that you do not have a Roomba. There was one in this house for quite a uh-huh. time. There is no yeah. longer one in this house. Yes. Okay. Very careful answer. I respect it. I respect you, <laughs> for, bro. For the record, my, mine is not internet connected. <laughs> just for the record, mine is not internet connected. Ooh. This one is just strictly a remote controllable Ooh. little widget. It does not, you know, have any uh, access oh, to, well, to my That's network. what makes it smart. The internet is what smarts it up. Exactly. So here's the thing. <laughs> so Roomba... Roomba made quite a splash. They're very successful. Uh, Roomba has a parent company called iRobot. Uh, and they're, you know, there's a... Oh, God. They're part of the fad where you put a little I in front of everything, started by Apple and propagated out through numerous companies, including our corporate overlords, iHeartMedia, the Clear Channel. So, so Roomba got in the news for a while. And this is a little older story, but I want to cover it because it's not getting the attention it needs iRobot was purchased by Amazon, which meant Amazon bought Roomba. When you think of the humble little Roomba, looks like a Pixar character in many ways, you probably don't think of a company or a product that's worth $1.7 billion, which is what Amazon paid for it. You know, do you know how far the, like this is hurting Jeff's plan to kind of sort of get into space again for 11 minutes. And that's very important to him. His 11 minutes kind of sort of in space. Not really space, whatever. Uh, So this is on the heels of some very troubling things that Amazon has been doing. They recently acquired a company called One Medical, a U.S. healthcare company. And then uh, right on the heels of that, they made this offer to buy iRobot. Why? Why are they doing these things? Well. They're not buying the little vacuums. They're not super gassed about the real estate that one medical has. They're super gassed about the information it has about you. When we're talking about, you made a great point, Matt, when you're talking about the smart aspect, Roomba learns. That's the thing people love about it, right? They're like, ah, oh, it's kind of dumb and it's kind of bump, bump, bump for a while, but eventually it figures out where your furniture is, it figures out the rooms, it figures out the hallways. It maps them. And what a lot of people didn't realize was that because this is connected to the internet, it shares that map, just like, uh, just like Amazon uh, Alexa and Google Home are so uh, suspect to me. That's why, Noel, I'm very glad that your, uh, your moving vacuum cleaner is not internet connected. This is not about products. I'm going to call it now. It's about the data because now there is a, If this all works out, Amazon will have direct access to, with no intermediary, by the way, no middleman, no gatekeeping, it'll have direct access to a full map of people's homes if they have Roombas. For a lot of us, some people might be saying, eh, you know, what's the big deal? What's what's the big deal? Uh, I, it doesn't bother me that people know where my laundry room is, but consider that nothing, again, exists in a vacuum. I've got to stop saying that so often, but it's really bothering me these days because now if you are part of One Medical, there will be medical information about you. If you are a member of Amazon Prime, then there's a lot of stuff 
out there about you and a lot of conclusions that are drawn that you probably are not aware of. You will be you will be flummoxed, a lot of us listening today, when you realize just how much info there is on you to the point where it can predict your behavior, which is something a lot of social scientists have been looking for for decades. And when I, and when I say scientists, too, I mean like DARPA has been looking to do this for decades, and they got closer than you think a long time ago. Uh, so now private companies are doing this, and they're saying, look, only iRobot can check out these Roomba maps. But now, if like with Amazon at the helm of this, then we don't know who would have access to that data. Um, Amazon said they don't have any details to share, right? Amazon is saying, no, it's not going it, to... Amazon is basically saying, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Like, hey, guys, chill. Just be chill. So uh, this announcement came on August 5th, so later this month as we record, just last month as you hear this, and it's crazy because they're not, the way these things work doesn't, it doesn't mean that they're going to get data from Roomba homes going forward. It means they're going to get data ever since iRobot figured out how to do this. And if you talk to people like Maurice Stuck, a former DOJ prosecutor and antitrust expert, you'll see that Amazon's, like, their assumed focus for this is more targeted advertising. The Amazon Alexa hears when something breaks. The Roomba knows you're, it's in the kitchen. You know what I mean? How, how, uh, how much more granular and specific can they get? And this is also, again, this is a, a, um, a concern of aggregation. Uh, Matt Offair, uh, we were talking a little bit about the Amazon Astro. I don't know if anybody has, um, I don't know, how much experience do you think people have with the Amazon Astro? I think we've all, we've seen the commercial, right? It's like you were talking with I'm Googly not, Eyes. No, I'm, I'm not familiar. It's got a little touch is, pad. Yeah. Oh, okay. this is news to oh. me. Tell, tell me about the Astro. I don't, this is, yeah. It's a tiny little robot that mm-hmm. is way more expensive than we can afford. But, you know, if you've just got an extra thousand dollars chilling, then, hey, maybe you want this Alexa on wheels that has a lot of cameras and sensors and collects even more data on you, what you do. And in this case, kind of like Roomba, where you do it in your house. Uh, (laughs) It's just just super creepy. It's another one of these things that if you add in the uh, iRobot info with this Amazon you know, if you happen to have one of these robots, you basically just have all information yeah, about it's, somebody. It's 20 okay. pounds. It looks like a little Pixar cartoon. Uh, it has voice commands, so, of course, it can hear you, too. It'll follow you around. It's got wheels. Uh, if you, I put a little link in, the, in our chat here, and you can see that right now, also, this thing is kind of like a PS5. You have to request an invite to buy it. As you said, Matt, it's $1,000 right now. It's very cute. You know, I'm sure it triggers some warm, cuddly feelings for people. Um, And it also, this is interesting, Amazon is aware of the concerns here because one of the big features advertised for this, I'll also include this in the chat, is that Amazon Astro uh, can, can have its camera and microphone in motion turned off with one button. Per Amazon, per Jeff. Also, it uh, <laughs> it can function as security. 
I don't know if you guys had heard that part. Uh, it will link up with your Ring subscription, and Astro will patrol, and it will get this investigate activity. So, yeah. so if the dog <laughs> is where it's not supposed to be. Someone's breaking into your house, and then all of a sudden, burp, 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 which is my Amazon mm, Astro mm, noise. Mm, yeah, mm, Danny is masturbating again. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see that? Um, uh, uh, Love, Death, and Robots. A piece that was kind of Pixar-y. Mm-hmm. It was the kind of like, yeah, with like it had like a Roomba type, you know, helper robot that like right. goes nuts and starts murdering mm-hmm. everything. Uh, it goes somewhere more creative than that eventually. No spoilers, but uh, I did think that one did a pretty good job of looking at the like big picture dystopia that we are heading for. I think it was partially inspired by things like the Astro uh, and. You know, remember years back when we were talking about the dog drones, and I called it, man. It, it wasn't a hard thing to call. Said, someone's going to put a gun on these because that's how humans are. Uh, they're just going to figure out the recoil. And I got, they did it. So how far are these uh, astro attachments going to go? I mean, businesses always seek to uh, consolidate uh, profits while diversifying products, right? Uh, not to be too Harvard business about it, but this means that your Astro in the future might also have a Roomba included on it, maybe. Uh, your Roomba will become increasingly like an Astro. Uh, they want to add these surveillance capabilities. And then what happens when they start sort of mesh networking, right? What happens when you are at the secret Wizard of Oz control room in Amazon and you can map an entire neighborhood? And maybe during times of uh, domestic unrest, you get a warrant and you have to supply the information that you have about that entire neighborhood where protests just happen to be taking place. Oh God! Oh God! Uh, just connect that uh, that old sidewalk app up, right? Connect it to your oh, Roomba. God. To your, it's just mm-hmm. it, you're right, Ben. It's everything. It's already there. They're just not all in one body yet. Oh well, here's the other thing you're gonna you're gonna love uh, for anybody who's feeling too uh, too spooked about this. Well, as long as you don't live in a ranch style house, you may have a little bit of respite because right now. Astro and Roomba cannot go up or down stairs. So, yes. <laughs> so hide in the basement, hide on the second floor. You know what I mean? <laughs> and don't put the uh, Amazon Alexa up there. Now, of course, we have to point out a lot of this right now, a lot of these concerns are proactive, I would say. There hasn't been any proof yet of an obsessive, super sophisticated amount of data uh, being used against people uh, in yet at this point, right? But we have to remember that governments can still request this stuff from different corporations. And in many cases, those corporations must comply. Uh, also, data can be used predictively. The predecessor for what happened with Meta recently is uh, Target. You know, and Target has a hidden income stream selling surveillance equipment to other businesses. Like next time you're in a Target, look up at the ceiling, see how many cameras there are. There are a ton. They're very good at it. 
Well, I just wanted to add, like, we, 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 this all kind of like meshes together, <laughs> no pun intended, with um, the the ring camera discussion that we've been having. And I just found out that apparently Amazon is launching a ring camera generated like like hidden camera show. Like in America's stupidest criminals or like funniest, you know, front yard goofs or whatever. Mm. And and I need to look into it further. I don't know. You, you would think it would have to be user submitted because, you know, like, again, I have the, the stupid app uh, for Ring. And I know there's a way that I can opt out of it, but I get all these messages for this like neighborly whatever and it, and it comes with videos attached we'll be like creepy prowler guy what's that in his hand and you look at the video um so i wonder you know how this submission would work or if it literally is just like well we if you if you read the the terms of service close enough you'd see that we own all this footage uh and yeah. wanda sykes is hosting it by the way <laughs> Nor- normalized fun. surveillance while vilifying the disadvantaged for sure i i want to finish what i was saying though about target because target used their data to predict a pregnancy that a teenager had not told her parents about and the parents found out about it via target so it's important to remember that's the predecessor matt i didn't mean to roll over you man can i make one last point on the Roomba game show thing i think you're right on there it feels like they're just increasing people's desire to keep track of that ring footage and upload it to neighbors. I think this is a really great to in, great way to incentivize that, similar to America's Funniest Home Videos, where if you offer people maybe just $200 or $500 if your submission gets onto the TV show, it's gonna, it, that means more people are going to be uploading their own videos for sure. That's right. Uh, the show is going to be called Ring Nation, and they do claim that they will be securing permission. And then the videos could come from other sources, too. But it's all going to be a big, giant incentive for uploading your videos to, like, you know, whatever uh, CMS that they set up for this thing. And um, it's a big old commercial <laughs> for Ring. Yep. Yep. And to to sew this up, folks, to put a frightening bow on it without sounding like a... Uh, broken record or a whistleblower who is suffering from Alzheimer's and repetitive motion of thought. Uh, this stuff is happening. It's, there is precedent to it, but this is untrammeled territory, which means that, again, technology is outpacing legislation. And since the passage of the Patriot Act in the United States, your rights to privacy in this country and abroad, by the way, shout out Five Eyes, have eroded and far past what you may be comfortable thinking about or considering. So this is a step further down that direction. And we want to hear your stories. I I definitely want to know any weird things that have happened to you in these our days of absolute surveillance, uh, which are, you know, we're in the nascent days, but it's happening. Your kids, your grandkids, if this... Uh, continues on a current trend, uh, they're going to look at privacy as something kind of anachronistic and old-fashioned, and they'll do so with good reason. So let us know what spooky things have happened to you. Uh, let us know your take on mailing poop. Uh, let us know what uh, what role you think private corporations should play in privacy or security or the lack thereof. As always, we can't wait to hear from you. Uh, We try to be easy to find online. Correct. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. And you can find us on YouTube at the Handle Conspiracy Stuff. On Instagram, we are Conspiracy Stuff Show.
Yes, if you'd like to contact us with your voice, you can call one eight three three stdwytk It's a voicemail system. When you call in, you'll hear Ben. Please give yourself a cool nickname that we can jot down and know when you call in in the future. And uh, you got three minutes. Say whatever you'd like. Please include whether or not you give us permission to use that voice of yours and your message on one of our listener mail episodes. If you don't like that, hey, that's fine. That's fine. Why don't you send us a good old-fashioned email? We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com.